Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Monday Main Point. It is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I am uh, the Associate Pastor here at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church, Jonathan Henderson, and I'm joined with all of my brethren here with me, all my fellow pastors, uh, Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor, Blake Flincham, our children's pastor, and of course, our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy. Um, and uh, we're all gathered here together to to discuss our uh, to discuss Sunday sermon. That's what we do here on Monday Main Point. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this, um, and we are in the middle of a really fascinating sermon series I, I am thoroughly enjoying, called "Fact Checking the Resurrection," and it's where we're looking at historical evidences. These are lines of evidence that we can pull from Scripture um, that are accepted by uh, critical scholars. These are people who uh, are, are, are credentialed scholars, people who, uh, and, and on both sides of the fence, not just um, those who are believers and those who are conservative, but those who are even more liberal in their, in their, in their thinking. These are, these are facts that are accepted by them as historical. And we've looked at several of these. We've looked at Jesus' death by crucifixion and burial um, in a tomb, uh, borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. We've looked at the fact that the disciples had real experiences that they thought were with the risen Jesus. Um, we've looked at the fact that those same disciples, as a result of those experiences, had their lives transformed from being fearful um, uh, followers to faithful martyrs. And then we looked at um, how the, the creeds that we have, these early Christian creeds, were probably in circulation, we have reason to believe, within months of the events that happened. So these weren't things that developed over time. And then this week, um, Jeff brought up our next line of evidence, our fifth line of evidence. And that is the, the life and the testimony, really, of James, the brother of Jesus. And um, we don't Honestly, we don't know a whole lot about James, the brother of Jesus. Um, and so um, just a little peek behind the curtain here. When we first started talking about doing the sermon series, we all were going through the line of evidences that Gary Habermas, Dr. Gary Habermas supplies in his, in his argument that's very similar to this. And uh, when we got to the James one, we were like, uh, what? Like, can we, can we, can we get that? Are we, are we sure we can get that from the book? And, and um and so Jeff volunteered to take that one on, and uh, I, you did an excellent job with that yesterday. And I, and, and I, and I think um, I'm even more convinced of it as a really good line of evidence for, for the resurrection uh, as a result of hearing that message. So the title of yesterday's message was uh, James from Skeptical Unbeliever to Servant Leader. And, um, and there's, there's lots of... of uh, there's lots of evidence on both sides of that, right? There's there's good reason to believe that he was a skeptic um, and someone who uh, did not believe in his brother. And then there's really good reason to believe that he is a, a leader of the early church once that happens. So something, right? Something had to have happened to take this guy from, from the guy we see in our text today, John 7, um, 5, where it says for e not for not even his brothers believed in him, and you gotta assume that that includes James, right? Um, for not even his brothers believed in him. We we see, and I think Jeff, you showed us multiple places where his his family didn't support him, uh, did support Jesus. Um, and you you know let, let let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's just launch into that because I think it's interesting. 
do you think so we know that we know that his brothers didn't believe in him what about his mom because there does seem to be a time where his whole family it makes it sound like his whole family mm-hmm. i think the first text that you quoted basically said jesus you're out of your mind mm-hmm. like they, they they came to him and said you're out of your mind but these were the same people who had been with him when he did the the uh, miracle at the wedding in, in, in Cana, right? I mean, right. Like where he, he turns water into wine, they're with him when he does that, and now they're saying he's out of his mind. I mean, is do you, do you think Mary's part of that group? Well, I think that um, Mary was probably in a predicament because she knew who Jesus was according to her own personal testimony. Right. But she also had children that she's raising to be good Jewish boys and good Jewish girls uh, to follow the Torah. Joseph is too. And um, so even at the wedding of, uh, the, the, uh, wedding of Cana, she kind of prods Jesus to do something, you know. And he's like, this woman, it's not my time. I mean, he's like, right. her then it's almost like she was trying to jump the gun like, you know, hey, come on! What are you waiting on? Well, you're, she knows you're he's thirty gonna... years old now. You're, you know, you're ready to go. Let's, let's. Because the know, angel show told, yourself. right? What I was gonna say, the angel told her this is gonna be Messiah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, right. So, but she didn't understand either. So her her message in her mind probably was looking at an earthly Messiah as well that would establish mm. a kingdom as opposed to someone. I mean, because if she knew that Jesus was going to have to actually die, she probably wouldn't wish that on on her son. Especially the Messiah, right? Uh, so I don't think she had full knowledge completely what that meant until later on, uh, near the end of his life, when I think probably it became more, more. Uh, the women had a kind of intuition, like the lady that came and and anointed Jesus's body mm-hmm. before his burial, had intuition that these disciples didn't have. So maybe the women kind of had more of a sense of. Uh, this foreboding something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so probably at the cross, probably in that part, um, she became a follower of Jesus um, and kind of left her family behind because they're adults now. And um, so, so and on the cross, man, you talked about it. I didn't bring it up in the sermon. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. But Jesus, you know, looks at John and says, this is your mother because none of his brothers are believers. Nobody in his family's going to take care of him. He's the eldest, so the next eldest one would be James. Right. And now, you know, he's not going to take care of his mom, especially if she's followed Jesus. And so now, uh, you know, with the Jewish people, once you become a believer, that like you're dead to me. You get kicked out of the synagogue. You get kicked out of the temple. You're no longer uh, right part of it. I mean, even in some of the verses I shared, you know, the religious leaders were really adamant about if you follow this guy, you know. Don't come back here. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. So Yeah. I, I really like that. That was a lot of evidence I was gonna bring up that we did get to talk about in the sermon. But I think uh when when we were talking in your office, I think I said that. I was like, yeah. Hey, what you know, when we think about because Jesus tells John, mm-hmm. so it's clear that James is probably not there. It, it, like his brother's not there. If his brother if his brother is there at the crucifixion, it doesn't say that he's there. And he tells John this is your you know, mother and mother, this is your son. And in the Bible even says from that day on, she stayed with John, right? Yes. So so it's like, where's James, right? right. Why, why not say that? Why, why, did, why even have to make that proclamation? 
Unless there's been some sort of family split here. Right. And this is on this side of the resurrection. On this side of the resurrection, which, again, I think is really, really uh, uh, good evidence for that. Um, So I think that's good good reason to believe that that, uh, James wasn't with Jesus from the beginning. We have... We have some other things we'll talk about, too, that you brought up that I thought were really good. Um, but this idea that the family is not with him. Um, uh, all of us have, at one point or another, um, the four of us have uh, all committed to, you know, committed to vocational ministry and, and such. And uh, you get the idea that, that Jesus even says prophet is, is without honor in his own hometown. I don't know. Do you guys concur with that? I mean, do you think, do you think that there's... That 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 kind of happens a lot. That the family, family, the people who should be the closest to you are the ones who often are not all that impressed with what you're doing. All not that you know they're they're not uh, they're not on board. Not always. I'm just saying that there's always some family like, well, you know, why aren't you doing something that that pays more money or why aren't you doing something that's that, that's more beneficial here? Uh, I don't know what you guys think. No, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like, and not just. Family, family is one thing, but you got to think like if I was to become a preacher at my dad's church back home, like my hometown, right? Right. There's people there who watched me grow up and watched me make stupid mistakes and be <laughs> immature and, you know, run when you're not supposed to or whatever it was. And I know for a fact they, they see me and they're like, they're like, He's doing good, but they still see me as that kid. Right? <laughs> like we're listening to him preach, like they're throwing me a bone, right? But they're not really listening. Right. right. When can we get the professional back or whatever? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and that's the same thing with with Jesus, right? Because well, they're yeah, like, dude, I, he, he's a carpenter. Like he's not the Messiah. Right. Messiah's not going to be a carpenter. Like, even though he probably didn't make mistakes that I made as a kid, or at least, I, I don't know. No, I know he didn't sin, right? But as far as, like, immaturity and right. like those types of things, I think he, I think there was some of that. Well, yeah, and just, just where he's from, his hometown, like Nathaniel goes, because anything good can, can, can come, anything good yeah, come from yeah. Nazareth, you know. So, like, the, you can understand why. And, it, and okay, the, the, you brought up another text, uh, Jeff, and where it talks about... Um, uh, where his brothers actually, it's, it's in the same same spot where it says uh, his brothers didn't believe in him in John seven. So his brother said to him, "Leave here and go to Judas, so your disciples can see your works that you're doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world." And I know you said some of that's probably tongue in cheek, right? Like they're being sarcastic. Yeah. But it could also be could it be the case that they they were like, look. If you're going to be the famous Messiah, then you, you, you need to quit doing stuff in secret. If, if you really are Messiah and you really are able to do these things, then why in the world aren't you out there doing them out in the public? Get out there and, and show yourself. Be famous. Make our family famous, right? That kind of thing. Is it possible that that could be going on? Um, that could probably be part of it as well. But clearly, you know, John does make the point that they didn't really believe. And then later on, when they do go to the uh, festival... And then all the people are looking for Jesus, the religious leaders, and they and, can't the, find and, him. And, and like nobody is saying anything good about him, you know, out loud because they were afraid. They were, yeah. It says that they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Yeah. So 
even if they felt like, well, yeah, Jesus is going to be the, go ahead, man, show yourself. Then it, it'd be like us, you know, bragging about our teams and all. We're going to show them, you know, we got the best point guard and all this other stuff, right? Right. So they would be like, yeah, uh, what, do you, what do you need to know about Jesus? Yeah, he's the Messiah, and he's getting ready to show himself to you guys. You just wait. Yeah. You know, that's what a little brother would be, you know, talking like that. Well, they're not, out there, do, right, but they're not out there doing it. But yeah, so, so I, th- I think clearly, and that's why I kind of, in my introduction, I, I used, I toned in on that. I was trying to figure out what verse to use to like introduce the whole thing. And that, that verse there, and then that word believe, trying to explain. So I really wanted to put a groundwork there that these people, these brothers and sisters, they did not believe. They didn't have saving faith. Right. So whatever they did believe about sure. Jesus wasn't enough to change their life at this time. Right. So 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 clearly I think they were unbelievers. Yeah. And well and I think one of the best lines of evidences that you gave yesterday and one that I had never considered before, but I was just really I remember I was back in the back listening and I was like, oh, I like that. I like that so much yeah. was was the selecting of the replacement for Judah. So if, you, if you're not familiar, you, you've got Jesus' uh, uh, circle of, of followers is, is, is 12. And of course, we know that Judas betrays him. <clears throat> and so uh, and then uh, after he betrays him, he commits suicide. So they're, they're one short. Um, and so they're like, well, we got to replace we got to replace him with somebody. And this is, this is after the resurrection has happened. Yes. And presumably also after um, James has seen Jesus. We'll get into why we think James, the transformation of James yes. II. But going back to that early creed that, that I quoted last week, uh, Paul clearly says that he appeared to James. The bro- you know, so we know that he appeared to James, the brother of Jesus. We know that from that appearance, something happened. And in fact... In Acts, we see all of them gathered together. This is post-resurrection. Right. They're all gathered together for prayer. Mary's there, and so are the brothers of Jesus, which would be including James. <clears throat> and then they're like, they <laughs> have this business meeting, Blake, where they're like, all right, we're going to call this business meeting to order. Clearly, we need to replace one of our own. Yeah. Um, we, we won't say his name here. <laughs> yeah, like, he who shall not be named. They quoted scripture to back it up. Yeah, yeah, he who shall not be named. He was, yeah, they quote scripture to back it up. It was, you know, this was going to happen. But then they go, we need to replace him. So we'll open the floor for nominations for Judas's replacement. You know, James, the brother of Jesus, is over here. Right? His own, his own kin is sitting over here in the corner, and 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 uh, he's like, but let's let's let let's lay, lay let's lay down some ground rules here. <laughs> let's. Um, we only want people who were with us from the time of John's baptism, the time that Jesus was baptized, forward and have seen Jesus' resurrection. So it's basically he's just going looking at James, going, "Yeah, not you." Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And then they choose two guys to pick from, cast lots, so it ends up being Matthias. Yeah, right. But I think I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. um, so in case in case you miss it there. Why is that important for the for evidence for the resurrection? Yeah, because uh, right here you see pretty much some indirect evidence. It's like, all right, if you're going to choose a disciple, you would think that like the most qualified would probably be his brother, you know, somebody who was real close to him. But even the own like inner group of disciples was like, uh, I don't really know that I, we want James, you know. And so you know he's there, and 
they choose two people who are not James. Right. And so it shows that there's been some, I don't want to say baggage there, but there's been some, uh, there's been some unbelief there. There's you see that there's been some problems, right, with his belief, and they don't. They just probably don't see him as a fit for going forward. Right. So yeah. James, James is a new believer, right? Yeah. So I guess they're like, well, we don't. We, we really want this position to be filled by someone who's not a brand new believer at this point. And yet, James Jeremiah ends up being uh, a leader in the church. He ends up being. Uh, uh, a leader, um, and it's 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 amazing the transformation that we yeah. see there. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, we've we've laid out the all, all, most of the text that you dealt with there with with what happens before the resurrection and after the resurrection. And that in that incident we just talked about that happens after the resurrection, but clearly shows that there's problems. Uh, Jeremiah, talk a little bit here about. Uh, the timing of when these things would have been written and how they happened. So we know that, or we're fairly sure that the Gospels and the Book of Acts, which which is where all this material that we've just talked about comes from, is dated probably, I mean, there's some who say it's what, like between, I think I said 70 and 95 yeah. is the historically acceptable but you, there, there's reason to think that they may have been around 50 to 75 60. something like that yeah. or 50 to 60 so these things regardless you would say i think are were written after the fact i mean there's and pretty sometime after the fact right sometime after james has become the leader of the church yeah um, sometime after after uh, Paul's conversion, all that stuff. This was all written after the fact. So why is that significant? Uh, why is it why is it important to note that all the stuff that we've been talking about James being, um, you know, a, a skeptic and an unbeliever um, in in all the Gospels and then the account there in Acts where they're, where they're making a selection, they clearly don't select him. Why is it important that that this was written after he's actually the the, the leader that he is? Yeah, so uh, just in the timeline, that's why we that's why this is good evidence for the resurrection. In the timeline, something clearly happens from before the resur or before even crucifixion, and to fifty, let's say fifty A.D. Something mm-hmm. happens with James. And if we can if we can take Paul's uh, creed and put it months before, we know that James from that creed in First Corinthians fifteen, that James sees the risen Jesus, mm-hmm. and that that's being shared by a lot of people. Um, well, why is that important? Because James becomes what some people would call like the second pope which I know we don't believe in popes, but the second leader of the Jerusalem church, which is the second leader of the church uh, right after Peter. Peter dies, James becomes the... So how how does he go from this unbelieving brother of Jesus to this pillar of the church that we talked about in Galatians? And not just that, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, James, the book of James, is one of the earliest books that people date. In fact, it, some people dated the earliest book uh, in the New Testament. Yeah. His, his book is the earliest written book in the New Testament. Um, 
I put Galatians before that, but another topic for another time. Say about, <laughs> but uh, it's still data right between forty-five and fifty. Yeah, yeah, so which that's, is that's, early. That's like early Mark idea. is fi- the book of Mark, which is the first gospel, is written in fifty. So just those whole the, that whole dating of all that stuff and how early it happens. We've got to we've got to see what happened in James' life, where he goes from a non-believer to this huge pillar in the church. And our argument here and Jeff's argument yesterday, which was really good, is that the resurrection happened. Right. He sees the risen Jesus, <clears throat> becomes a believer, and eventually he becomes an elder. And Jeff showed those progression, right? He becomes a believer, becomes an elder, then becomes an apostle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's kind of this progression that you see in the book of Acts. So, um yeah, I hope that answers. The, yeah, the no, question. no, the, 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 I think that's that's really good, and I, I would add to that um, one other thought, and I think you brought this up yesterday, which is the criterion of embarrassment. We talk about that when we talk about historically critical things. That if you were going to Blake write the legend of of Jesus, and you were writing, you know, decades after the events occurred. And you wanted to establish, I mean, you've got established leaders now in the church, James being one of them. Would you include all this stuff about James not believing Jesus, James, you know, mocking Jesus, James not being selected by the original disciples as a replacement disciple? Like, would you want that stuff included unless it happened? No, not at all. Because, I mean, I mean, like I said before, I mean, this is, you've got one of the closest guys in his inner circle, not of his disciples, but in his family, just around him who don't believe. And it's like, all right, if I'm a skeptic looking in, I'm like, okay, dude, your your own brother didn't even believe. Why should I, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, and I think you said that yesterday too, Jeff, that, like, if you if we were going to write this legend, we wouldn't. Like, it would, it would just, it, you would think that, because the, the, the assumption from the skeptic, the modern skeptic, is that this stuff is all doctored, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm doctoring it, if I'm, if I'm the one writing the script, I'm not going to write stuff in there that's going to disparage my, my leader, especially not in ancient times. I, mean, yeah. I think in ancient times, you just, you don't see, I, I know from a modern eye, we sometimes look at that and go, well, people do that all the time and like, Fiction and stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll take a guy. They'll take a character. Make the character, you know, have some fa- some big flaw so that it shows up his heroic side later. But in ancient times, they didn't do that. No, they try to cover it up. Yeah. In fact, I, I quoted that um, you know the Confessions of a Doubting Thomas atheist guy. Yeah. And that quote that just jumped at me when he says, uh, "As an atheist Bible critic, I find the failure of the Gospels to specify." That any of Jesus' relatives followed him during his earthly ministry to be a silence that screams. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's like saying, This is huge. Because, yes, we would say Jesus' brothers followed him, or at least half of them, or maybe even one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there would be a big legend written about him. And then he would be, when Jesus is gone and then he ascends, you know. The other James gets his head cut off. Well, now this James shows up. Maybe he's the James at the right hand. Maybe he's the one that's supposed to take over and fulfill all the rest of the prophecies and be the Messiah and standing waiting for Jesus' return. So so uh, it clearly amplifies 
the evidence that this is good evidence. Yeah. And, you know, the linchpin in this whole thing was because, you know, I read the, the creed. Mm-hmm. He appeared to James. So I'm like, okay, well, is there anywhere in the Bible that mentions that? And so that brought me back to Jeremiah's text when he talked about the 40 days and that first part of Acts, which mm-hmm. brought me then to this part. And I'm like, it just jumped at me like, okay, this proves that he didn't believe because he wasn't qualified to be a leader. Mm-hmm. But then now how does, he be, how does he become a leader? Right. So he can't be this apostle, disciple, original. And then later on, you see when they gather, you'll see apostle and elder. So he becomes an elder. He has a different position. Right. And then Paul later on says, yeah, he's an apostle like me because he saw the resurrected Lord. That's the only qualification that right. you need. So, um, so it's pretty interesting uh, to make it up, it, I it's it would take a very creative imagination to make that up. Right, and I, I, I and it's clear that Paul, at least um, from Paul's words in Galatians and elsewhere, especially in that Galatians text in Galatians one and two, you get the sense that Paul sees James as an important pillar in the church. Yes. Like, he's not just somebody who was another believer. This is a guy who is a leader in the early church, a, a big-time leader in the early church. Well, and he's the he's, one who spoke, you know, the, at the controversy. It was right. James that got up and said, okay, if these guys are really believing, then uh, let's just tell them not to eat uh, meat to idols and abstain from sexual immorality. Yeah. And we're good. Yeah. So he was kind of the guy that, because he's writing to the Jewish believers in his letter, so... So there was a pocket of people that were more James than James. Right. Kind of like more Calvin than Calvin. Right. That were kind of taking his teachings farther than the way they were supposed right. to be because they were trying to make people to become Jews first, then believers. And, you know, you get, when you read the book of James, Jeremiah, um, you get a sense that James is a little bit, not, not, not a Judaizer. I don't want to label him as that. But you do get the sense that, I mean, Martin Luther himself wanted to, wanted to basically get rid of the book of James from the New Testament canon because he felt it relied too heavily on works, right? Yeah. Uh, it seems like there's a, uh, like uh, like Paul saying one thing and James is saying a completely different thing when it comes to faith, faith and works. Um, James is the one that says that faith without works is dead, uh, which if, if, taken in the wrong context, uh, especially the very next verse, without the very next verse, right. could mean that uh, there, there's no true faith without works, and meaning that that for salvation you need faith and works. Uh, and Paul clearly says, no, you just need faith. Um, so yeah, there's... there's uh, uh, but, but then in the book of James, he talks a lot about not showing partiality, even though it's written to Jews, and it's clearly written to Jews, the diaspora. And Jeff read that yesterday, the the 12 tribes scattered among the uh, modern world, the known world there, the Roman Empire. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it seems like there's a disconnect. And James, of course, writing first, maybe it was Paul trying to clarify some of the things, Some of that, James the things says. that James said. And yeah. James probably saw a lot of hanger-owners with Jesus, too. People that said they followed mm-hmm. him, but they really didn't. I mean, even his own testimony is... Well, he talks about, you know, yeah. he, and he, he's the one that talks about if uh, to, to read the word and not and then not change is like looking at your face in the mirror. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's yeah, James. Yeah. So I think his thing was, if you're really a follower in Jesus, you just can't say it with words. You've got to live it, too. Right. I don't think it's, we use the word works, but I think it's more living your life for Christ. Right. And as a result of that, the fruit of the Spirit and your fruit of your labors becomes 
evidence then that you've experienced we, the resurrected Christ. Which, which I guess my point is, is a very Jewish way of thinking, right? Yes, I think, yes, yes, I, yes. I, I think when you when you read James and you understand that about where, so he's a he's a newer believer, um, and he's coming from the Jewish faith, and he's seeing where Jewish faith and Christianity are sort of converging in this belief in his brother in Jesus, right? And the resurrected Christ, um, uh, I think that's what you've seen. You can understand why James ends up being a more, I don't know, pragmatic kind of book, a very practical kind of book yes. about how how then do we live this life, that kind of thing, right? Something, something I want to go back to, um, I was sitting here thinking about. So <clears throat> for us, again, I think sometimes it helps to, to uh, look at these texts and stuff um, to step out of our modern way of thinking and thinking about it from like an ancient Near East sort of or Mid East kind of mindset. I remember one time <clears throat> I was in college uh, and uh, um, a, a very dear professor, someone I really cared a lot about, uh, Middle East uh, of Middle Eastern descent, Muslim, and um, she she was trying to read through the New Testament and she knew that I was a believer. And we we still to this day have a great friendship, um, but she was like, "See, I, I have problems with 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 Jesus here," and I'm like, "Where?" And the the text that she pointed out was where the his mother and his brothers were looking for him and sent for him, and he said, yeah. "He said, who are my mothers and brothers and sisters? You know, these are my mothers and brothers and sisters, the the ones who do God's will." And she goes, and she had a real problem with that. Because she saw that as extremely insulting. I don't think we understand how important family is to to mid for mid east for, for Middle Eastern people and for this particular culture, how very important family is and to to dismiss family. What this did for this conversation I had with her showed me how 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 radical what he says is and the where, where he says like I'm not you know, these are my family. That's not my, that's not my family. I mean, like, like that's, that's huge. And, 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 and Middle Eastern eyes and the eyes of those people at that time, that would have been huge. So I think again, that shows us maybe the disconnect that was going on between he and his brother and his mother. And so you, you know what I'm saying? And then I think I brought that up in the sermon too, that the Jesus says this shows this new intimacy where others can become part of his family then James later on in his book, he I says love that. Yeah. to my brothers and sisters where, hey, I'm part of the family now. Before I was outside looking in, now I'm inside with you guys yeah. following Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious one, using that worship language to show that, you know, yeah, he's my brother, but he's more than my brother. He's right, my, my Lord, right? You know, so, you know, it's pretty awesome that, he did become a believer, and it's awesome that Jude did. And I imagine the others did. They're mentioned, but you don't really hear much about them. And then he had sisters. You don't hear a lot about that. But you want, we don't hear about, about a lot of believers in the Bible. That's true. And there's believers all over the world today that aren't making headlines. So so I think it just helps us see that, uh, that the, for them to, to believe in him was important for Jesus, too. And so Jesus was wanting to come back and show himself and reveal himself. Because that's what the brother said, like, go ahead and show yourself. Right. You know, before, trying to, you know, urging me to go to Jerusalem. And, and so 
So when he does finally go and gets killed, they think he's dead, but now now they reveal himself, you know, yeah. as and, the risen Lord. And so it probably took something. I mean, it probably would take something like that to be the the thing to say, oh wow, we were wrong, but but Jesus did come back to us and he did redeem us. You know, that's why I finished my sermon with that quote from James because I've always used it in a way of lost people and stuff like right. that. But I think James was kind of speaking from him his own personal experience that, you know, Jesus covered a multitude of sins with me because I was outside the way mm-hmm. and he brought me back. So maybe he was thinking of that when he closed his book. You know, and, and, and just to kind of bring this now to uh, to, to where, um, where this kind of hits us, where we are, I mean, clearly this is all great to use in an apologetic way. But the thing that really stands out to me and the thing I think you did such a good job of pointing out, Jeff, is that, you know, we look at we look at James. He's a skeptical unbeliever, and then suddenly, this guy who nobody, not even the disciples, thought was capable of of being um, a leader in the church, servant leader, becomes this incredible servant leader in the early church. And what is it that that does that, Jeremiah? I mean, what is it that really causes that transformation to happen? Well, it's the resurrection, right? It, it, we know that because Paul says um, that Jesus appeared to him. Now, so clearly you're not going to have, I don't, I don't think you're going to have an appearance of Jesus that's going to come to skeptics that you know, right? I mean, like skeptics we know today, uh, they're not going to see the risen Jesus. Um, so how are they going to, how, how did they then move from skeptical unbeliever to servant or follower of Jesus how does that happen I mean they're not they're, they're not going to be they, it took it took seeing the risen Jesus for James to do this how does it happen for the for the for the skeptic today yes yeah, so I think in general um, we don't as Jesus's followers we don't talk about the resurrection enough mm. and I think sometimes we're ashamed of it because because it, it can be hard to believe for a skeptic Right, mm-hmm. we don't want people to think we're gullible, and we don't want people to think we're we believe in you know like the Easter Bunny. Like we right. want to kind of take all the supernatural things out of Christianity and then give that to the people. Yeah, and so in general, I just think that we don't share, we don't talk about the resurrection enough. And honestly, we probably should leave with that instead of all of our conversations with unbelievers seem to be centered around sin and particular mm-hmm. sins. And that's not, I'm not saying sin's not an important topic of discussion, but I, I'm just kind of getting tired of, of when when we get labeled in the world, we're labeled based on what we're against. We're against this, and we're against that, and we're against this, and we fight and over and, this. And death is not one of those things that we're against. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and, and like, they don't know that we're for the resurrection. Right. And if you start there... There's going to be people who will just dismiss you outright because they don't believe in anything supernatural. Sure. But if you can convince them, that's the basis of our belief. Yeah. Like, we believe Jesus is God, and we believe that he proved he was God by rising from the dead. Then they know what you're—at least you're for. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and rather than just it all being about what we're against, you're against this. So I think— I think that's where where rubber hits the road. I think we should just talk about the resurrection more. Um, obviously, we want to talk about the death of Jesus too, uh, his his atoning sacrifice for sin. 
But in, in, in conversations with skeptics, I think it's more important to just focus on the resurrection. Because if you can get them doing what Lee Strobel did, trying to disprove my resurrection theory, I think that that has power. Yeah. Uh, uh, if they go to the scriptures, they'll, they'll see all these things we're teaching. And of course, they can ask us too. But uh, if, let's say they go on their own crusade to look. There's been many people who did that and many people who failed right. trying to disprove it. So yeah. I think that's a good start. I think it's great. Like, we don't have, I mean, I can't pull up on my phone a, a TikTok of the risen Jesus, right? I can't, I can't show, I can't show people like, oh, look, here's a videotape, you know, yeah. on, 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 you know, of, 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 of Jesus. Here's a video recording of him, a YouTube video of Jesus walking around. See, see him come out of the tomb right here. That's him. So, how do I show people the risen Jesus? Obviously, it's important that they see the risen Jesus because that's what changes James. That's what changes Paul. That's what changes all these guys. They see the risen Jesus. I can't. Sh- how do I show them the risen Jesus, Blake? I think in order to show them the risen Jesus, you have to show them how the risen Jesus has changed you. Because I think of, uh, like with Paul, I think of, uh, uh, remind me, what was the guy's name he went to, like right, uh, Ananias? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Ananias. Like this guy did not believe that Paul was uh, a Christian now. But mm-hmm. he saw the trans, like I don't know that Ananias personally, like, um, yeah, I think what was probably going on was like he saw the transformation from Paul. Other people saw the transformation from Paul. The people in Damascus saw the transformation from Paul. Uh, you know, with James, people saw the transformation. He went to the leader. And, you know, Spurgeon said, be walking Bibles. Mm-hmm. And if you're a walking Bible to somebody, they're going to see the power of the resurrected Jesus in you. And that's one of the best ways to show the resurrected Jesus. What would you say, Jeff? How do you show the risen Jesus? Well, like I said in my sermon, uh, we... James' story really mirrors our story. I don't know of anybody that I've ever met that heard the gospel for the very first time and became a believer. Mm-hmm. It takes uh, hearing the story. It takes uh, telling the story. It takes James, James presumably saw miracles, right? Yeah. So, so uh, it takes people actually not just getting in a debate with someone or trying to one-up them or, uh, you know, I got you with that, Zinger. But living your life in a way that they say, hey, this person is genuine, they're sincere. I may not really believe everything they believe, I'm kind of skeptical about it, but, you know, I know they care about me. And so maybe you, you, you pick their interest where they do their own search, their own looking into, and they, they come to the point where, you know, like our Habermas, um, you know, he's mentioned Les, Les Strobel, uh, the guy that wrote Being Her. I mean, there's been C.S. Lewis. Story, C.S. Lewis. There's yeah. so many skeptics. Jeff McCarthy. You've even dealt with doubt and skepticism. Oh, yeah. So all of us kind of deal with it at the beginning because you just don't believe it at the first. There's just no way you can believe it at first. I mean, it's incredible. Let, let's, just, so, let's just say it. Because, and, and that's part of what makes it so life-changing is what we're talking about here is nothing short of incredible. Yes, yeah, so something been done ha- you since. have to you have to <laughs> you have to experience the risen Christ in your heart and life personally, and the way you do that is through God's word and the preaching and hearing of it. And so, so it's not um, this emotional experience. It's not this esoteric no. kind of 
like you know mystical like you gotta like, experience like, like, there isn't like Jesus the guy that lived his life in front of me larry you know when when i interviewed him he told me he was a christian you know i kind of like like okay like yeah i'm a christian too but i'm not gonna live like you did and who knows larry maybe god sent you here to straighten me out i mean that's that was my response to it <laughs> did you actually say that interview to, did yes. you actually say that to him <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that, that was words out of my mouth and so when i did become a christian i called him up that morning i said larry um, you got a new boss. He goes, well, what happened? I'm like, I've been transformed. He goes, where to? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not been transferred. I've been transformed. He said, what are you talking about? I, said, I became a Christian. Like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. Quit, quit teasing me. Quit, you know, you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not, Larry. I, I promise you. He said, well, tell me what happened. And I told him my story. And he goes, wow. So, you know, skeptics, like I made that point. Not all, not all skeptics will be saved. That's right. But not all skeptics are unsavable. And so if you have a skeptic that's your friend and you're having discussions with them, continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Don't cut them off with like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of arguing with your proven point. Stop arguing and proven points. Just say, look, man, or girl, or whoever your friend is, I love you, and I care about you, and, you know, I'm here for you, and... If you want to take this journey and try to learn more, I'm here with you. Uh, and and this would be a good starting point. Like, hey, I'll show you. Let's look at Jesus' own brother. Yeah. It'd be a great starting point for somebody. I think so, too. Yeah. I, You know, it's it's one of the things that, uh, if you know me, you know me. I love apologetics. I, I really do love the the study of, of, of constructing and presenting a defense for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the Christian hope. But... If I had one complaint about apologetics, it's this, it's that so many people do it in order to win debates. And while debates are, are fun exercises in the academic world, they're not practical when it comes to trying to win people. And so many people f- use what the, and, and so if I had cautionary, sort of a cautionary thing to tell you today, it's that um, don't, don't take um, the material and the content we're giving you and use it like ammo and a weapon to go out and mow down people's arguments. Rather, take this stuff that we're giving you in order to answer people's questions that they have because you're living a genuine, compassionate, authentic faith out in front of them. And the scripture says, too, to me, to be gentle around unbelievers. Yeah. And yeah. if you're, you know, if you're like, on the front lines shooting ammo, you know, it's, it's just not being general. And I can tell you as someone who struggled, who struggled and struggles at time with, with doubt, um, the last thing I want is somebody to attack me. Oh, um, I, 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 I want someone to compassionately listen to me, listen to where I'm coming from, understand my struggle, and help me work my way through it to get me untangled. Yeah. Um, and so we should see apologetics less as tying someone up and more as untying knots, you know, and so uh, and setting people free. So um, I hope this has been good. We before look, I'm I'm not just saying this because of because it's our sermon series. Uh, I'm not saying this because of the podcast. We are really enjoying this. I know I am, fellas. Um, I'm looking forward to next week, which is the sixth line of evidence. Blake's going to be talking about the conversion of one Saul to Paul. Um, that's. That's huge and uh, another really yeah, great an enemy. Yeah, yeah an and enemy. It's a, 
Not just somebody who was a skeptic and unbeliever, but somebody who hated yeah, Christianity. Yeah, basically a Jewish terrorist. Right, a Jewish going from a Jewish terrorist week. to a uh, to someone who was willing to sacrifice his life Absolutely. for the faith. That's it's going to be a fun passage. Something had to happen to cause yep. that transformation. Absolutely. Paul tells you himself it's the resurrection. So, yeah. uh, so we'll look at that next week on. Uh, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert! <laughs> it's the resurrection. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it's been great. Thanks for joining us this week. Come back next week and we'll uh, we'll do this again. All right. (laughs) Until then. So long.